BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet. On this episode, I got with me Julie. Julie, how are you doing? <laughs> I am great. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm still trying to to recover. I, I did a, a marathon over the weekend, and my my quads hit me. Hit a massive PR. I saw. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. But it's the straight downhill. It was. It wasn't downhill enough that it bothered my knees, but my quads have been on fire ever since. It was just like uh, you're not used to that downhill for for 26 miles. So it's like my my Strava said my my. <laughs> elevation gain was nine feet oh wow so there was one hill on the whole thing that kind of went up the rest of the time you were down you know the whole time straight downhill so my quads were like yeah i don't like this but yeah i did uh, i did four hours and 39 minutes so that's awesome so that was a, a definitely a new pr for me so so how how have you been doing i know you've got a you know you're you're in the middle of tear down on one event and you got a whole bunch more coming up we do. We uh, just had our Rock Spring, Georgia event this past Saturday. It went great. Um, had some new obstacles and um, everybody seemed to really enjoy it. We were had uh, kind of estimated that it would be a, a fast and flat course. And then Mother Nature said, hold my beer and rained for five days straight. So it was um, a wet muddy course there were you know it's in a farm a horse farm and there were a large portion of segments of the course that were underwater I mean you know we're talking nine ten inches of water and you're just running through that the whole time and um you know some of it was planned when we laid out the course but a lot of it wasn't we had no idea we were going to get that much rain and it just drenched the entire course. So, um, you know, we added some last minute adjustments to make because we had a lot of time in the creek and a lot of time in the mud, but it, it worked out great. Everybody seemed to love it. Um, you know, mud isn't typically a huge part of all of our races. Um, there's a few that are a little more mud heavy. Uh, there's always mud, but uh, you know, like our, if it's titled with mud run, it'll, it'll be a little more mud heavy than, um, you know, our Phoenix races that are a little more obstacle heavy. So it was uh, a lot more mud than a typical Phoenix. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes that's good. It, it mixes things up and makes them a little different. You know, it's kind of one of those things where I always talk about some of the races we have up here in Seattle. We have uh, one that's in the same venue, just usually at different times a year. And it, it's completely different races because of the weather. Yes. So and weather can change a lot. And it's out of your hands. You know, we were the beginning of the week, we were looking at 100% chance of rain on race day all day. And we didn't see a drop of rain until about 1.30. And at that point, we had a massive downpour. We had um, 63, I think, Lionheart's kids on the course. So, um, you know, they were almost, luckily, they were almost done. So uh, when the lightning came, we kind of loaded them up and hoarded them to the front. And um, they were, they were, very fine to finish that way <laughs> but um that was that was our only rain that we had so we we're fortunate it, 
it was a great event. Our, our, um, what I was getting to was we had estimated about a 30 minute, 28 to 30 minute elite finish time when yeah. we first mapped out the course. And I think he did it in almost 42 minutes. So that's how much different the course changed from wow. Sunday to the following Saturday. Wow. That's crazy. And I mean, it does, it changes a lot of things. That was one thing that, and you never know mother nature, like I said, my marathon, it was Saturday, gorgeous Sunday for the marathon downpour the whole day. So, and I didn't mind it. I'm one of those ones. I don't mind a little bit of rain while I'm running because it cools you down. I'm one to overheat. I overheat quick. So if it's raining just a little bit, it cools me down. It keeps me going. And I had my, you know, my legend born Jersey that kept me, you know, just, you know, yep. Just kept me the temperature that I needed it to. And I mean, it just, it worked great. So cause I actually started cause it's through a tunnel and it's cold in that tunnel for the two and a half miles that you're in the tunnel. Cause there's no lights. There's nothing. Oh. Um, so you were in a headlamp. So I actually wore my, my legend born hoodie on through the yeah. tunnel because BeastNet was actually the very first, you know, station was my wife and the rest of BeastNet. You know, they were volunteering, handing out water and stuff. So I'm like, I'm just going to wear the hoodie till I hit that first station. Oh, that's awesome. That first station, I peeled it off, handed it to them, and then I took off down the course. But yeah, so. That's awesome. It's, you know, I, I don't mind a little bit of rain, but we've had a couple of races up here in Seattle where it was like like hypothermic rain. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I don't, I'm not excited about that, but I'd rather be cold than hot. So. Yeah, that's kind of like the um, infamous 2019 ultra in North Carolina. Yeah. Never heard about that one. That was a miserable experience for everybody. I think. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I I've heard about that one. It was no fun. It it was mud, cold and misery. I mean, all put together. Just, it was just, it was, it was miserable. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of like the, the very first year I did Hawaii, it rained. Um, and if you've ever seen the, the pictures from Hawaii, there's a whole portion of the course where you're up in these nasty hills, like where they filmed Jurassic Park, like, you know, those big old hills. And I had a boot on because my foot was broke. Oh, no. So and I'm trying to go up these hills and now it was it was brutal. It was the biggest. I One thing I regret the most. I mean, I tried it. I went for it. But that was the the stupidest decision I think I ever made. <laughs> so. Yeah, weather can change a lot, so it's crazy. And you you have no control over it, you know, and that's that's one thing that I hope that racers understand from our standpoint is, you know, we we either hear not enough mud or way too much mud. There's not really a happy medium, like, and this time it was just way too much mud, but there was really nothing we could do about that. You know, we didn't make the mud. Um, we didn't make any mud on this course, as a matter of fact, none. So um, any mud that was there was, you know, Mother Nature did that for us. But uh, yeah. it was overall, it was a wonderful event. Uh, we had some a great turnout, great time, great festival area. And just, you know, every, this was our third event under the Phoenix brand. And every one of them were seeing at least a 10% increase in registration. So that's, nice. that's hopeful for us. Um, it's always scary being a new brand, even though you know what you're doing. You've got it down pat. You've done it for years. But at the same time, it's scary because people don't know the Phoenix brand. So at that point, you're just relying on the people that know Julie and Jason and OCR addicts and what kind of courses they build. And then it grows from there. But um, 
the the first year is always scary. Uh, Jason and I both are full time for the brand now. So yeah, I saw that. So that's yeah, big steps for us. But um, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on in the future. We've got we still build courses for other events as well. Um, we're building for the Muddy Duck Dash in Gainesville, Georgia, which is July 24th, I believe, and it's a a race that benefits the um, Brain Tumor Foundation. And my mother's a brain tumor uh, survivor. She had surgery in 98 and um, has recovered well. So that's um, something that's kind of near and dear to our hearts. So we're um, partnering with them to build that course in the end of July. And then August 7th, I am stepping way out of my comfort zone and uh, hosting a triathlon. And as um, I'm not a triathlete, <laughs> so uh, I've never even participated in a triathlon. So I've been studying and picking the brains of everybody that I know. Um, you know, I've got a great advisory committee that we formed of other race directors, um, you know, that have hosted uh, race owners and that kind of thing and, and triathletes that have participated in hundreds of events. So, you know, they're kind of guiding me on what they loved about other races and what they didn't and what, you know, what they want to see at this event. So um, it, it kind of fell in my lap and I picked it up and ran with it um, as I'm kind of known to do on a little bit of a whim, but <laughs> you know, I don't, I want people to come out and have a good time. So, and that's what we're aiming for. We're aiming for a, a very well ran race that um, the logistics flow, there's a lot more logistics to triathlons um, as far mm-hmm. as timing and um, transition and all of that than there is to OCR. I mean, OCR is a much longer setup and teardown, but a triathlon is more of a, a logistical thing. And, um, you know, I've, I've learned a lot about swim caps and, and bike stickers and helmet stickers and <laughs> things I didn't know. So, um, you know, the, I'm excited about that. It's in Meridian, Mississippi, and it's just a sprint course. So it's not long. It's an open water swim in the lake, um, 17 mile bike on the road, and then a uh, 5K um, yeah. on a track. So, you know, that's that's me stepping way out of my comfort zone and, and going for it. And surprisingly, a lot of my OCR friends are coming in and saying, Hey, I want to support you in this and, and doing their first triathlon. So that's awesome. That's, that is, it's interesting. We've all, that's how we grow. We step out of our, our comfort zone. So I'm actually doing my first triathlon in July. Yes. In I saw that. So what, so how have you been first. training for that? Um, well, everyone knows I run like way too much. Um, <laughs> so, so the running's either, and it's a sprint too. Um, uh, I've been doing that. I just got a, a bike, uh, a, a stationary bike for, for the house to use. I also have my, my father-in-law is, he's insane, but, uh, he goes to garage sales constantly and finds he, his bikes is his thing. Yeah. So I have a yard full of bikes. Um, so I went through and I found one that I liked. That's actually pretty good, really good race, uh, good, uh, street bike. He is, there's a couple of them that I found in the piles that he has back there that he's put together and fixed that are seven or $800 bikes that he got for like 20 bucks at a garage sale. Wow. So one of my friends just got a really nice swim, just paid him a hundred bucks for it that he paid 20 bucks for at a garage sale. And we looked up, it's worth like 700. So, wow. But so he just finds random things. So I got the bike so that that worked out for me. And the swim is the where I'm worried. I, I'm not a great mm-hmm. swimmer. Um, I've been working with a really good friend of mine, Laura, 
um, and my friend Brian, um, and we've been going to the lake right by my house. Um, a lot of people worry the lake by my house, it is man-made. There are a lot of snags, but we only go swimming in the swim area where that's been dredged and everything else. It's clean. It's not, you know, we're not going to get snagged there and we're always together. Um, but I've been just, yeah, going out there and swimming. I'm going to start putting everything in the car with me. So when I'm coming back from work, I drive by the lake. I may just go jump out there in the swim area and get a little swim in. It's just, it's really getting in the practice of being able to, to do that distance. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm a strong swimmer and even, you know, my wife said it and Laura said it and she's, working with me. I'm a strong swimmer for about 50 feet. <laughs> and then I lose everything because my breathing, I, I'm just not good at the breathing part. So after about 50 feet, I do really strong for about 50 feet because I'm holding my breath the whole time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I have to pop up because I'm like <laughs> trying to breathe. So, you know, it's kind of, that's what I'm working on a lot right now is getting the, the breathing down so that I can swim that that half a mile. Cause I'd like to eventually do a, a 70.3. Yes. I got to get past the sprint first and a half a mile, you know, swim is one thing, but a 70.3 that's over a mile. So it, it's, yeah, that's all. That's a lot of swimming. Yeah. <laughs> we like a lot. So you get out in the water and go, go a half a mile. Now, it, it's a lot. So Yeah. We, uh, we attended the Ironman half, um, a few weeks back friend of ours from Mississippi came up and participated in it and um, we went to support him and you know I wanted to see how Iron Man set up you know obviously I'm nothing compared to Iron Man uh, but um, you know if if you want if you want to grow to be great you learn from the great so um, you know I I took a lot of notes in my head and of what was going on and funny the funny thing about it is kind of drug Jason along he wanted to go watch Mike but um you know, as we sat there, he decided he was going to do a triathlon. So he's going to do my triathlon in August. And uh, the swim is where he's worried, too. So yeah. I think that's kind of like what I'm hearing from a lot of people is the swim is where they're yeah, worried. The but is, um, I went and got I got a wetsuit because it does, you know, make you a little faster through the water um, from what I hear. Plus, it's a little more buoyant. And that's my biggest thing mm-hmm. is if I stop moving, I'll sink like a rock. Like it's one of those things like we'll go to the pool. My wife will crack up because she'll be like swimming and can't get to go like underwater at all. And I'm sitting on the bottom of the pool. Like what, you know, I have to fight to stay above. So Laura's really been working on me like that, you know, being able to kind of float a little better. So I have the, the wetsuit and then I got the little, the, the buoy that's the, the dry bag and the buoy. So I, I'll put yeah. my phone and stuff in the dry bag and then roll it up. And then it blows up a little bit to help you float. And I've actually been able to, when I was tired, gotten to a point now where I can use the buoy and like kind of lean back and rest my head on it and, you know, be able to, to float for a second without sinking like a rock. So yes. getting used to that moving and being comfortable. And I think that's a lot of it too, is it's not just really, it's getting comfortable in the water. I grew up, the only swimming I did was in a river. So I just had to swim really strong for 20 feet. You know? <laughs> and that was it. So, and now it's just kind of like all of a sudden it's like, Oh, now you're going to go swim in a lake and, you know, it's just getting used to that. And I know the hard part that I hear from a lot of people is once you get in the water is you hit the water in a pack because that's how you start. So you're getting kicked, you're getting hit, and it just becomes a whole nother nightmare once you do that. And that's that's where my biggest fear is. I'm just like, you know, I'm going to be going along and someone's going to kick me in the head and I'm going to, you know, go underwater and it's not going to go end well. So, you know, it just, it's my biggest fear. And I'm hoping that, you know, like most things, like you when you first do your first OCR and you're like, eh, 
and then you do it and you're like, this is amazing. When's the next one? You know, yes. I'm hoping that's going to be, I'm hoping after this, I'm going to have that experience because yeah, like I said, I'm hoping to do a 70.3. I'm, I'm on the waiting list for another, uh, the, the first Ironman in Washington, which is in September. So I'm on the waiting list. So we'll see. And it, it's kind of that one I'm leaving up to the, the, the race gods. If all of a sudden they say, Hey, here's your spot. I'm going to be like, Oh, dang it. Um, <laughs> And have to go for it, or I'm looking at possibly next year going to Hawaii in June and going mm-hmm. for the island. That would be a fun one. I'm always looking for an excuse to go to Hawaii. Yeah, who isn't? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's our our August seventh event, and then August twenty first, we're really stoked about this one is the Murder Creek Mud Run, and this one's in Bruton, Alabama, and it was um, formerly the Burnt Corn Creek Mud Run, mm-hmm. and um, the city co-hosted it with a local track coach there, and they had a, a ton of success with it. And then the track coach moved on to doing something else and isn't able to host um, the race anymore. So um, a friend of ours, mutual friend of mine and uh, Steve, Steve is the gentleman with the city, kind of hooked us up, and we went down and looked at the property fell in love with the people. I'm a talker. You know, I've talked anybody's ears off, but if Jason likes somebody, you know, that's, that's big because Jason doesn't really, you know, he's just so quiet. So, um, you know, he really enjoyed it. He enjoyed meeting the people. We got, and we met with the mayor a couple of times and, um, you know, they recruited us to come do it. And we are, fired up because there is some amazing terrain there's some great opportunities there for what we can do you know each venue is different in what you can and can't do um we always want to put a big water slide well you know we always want to do all these big things but a lot of venues don't allow you to dig so if you're not allowed to dig or if you are allowed to dig however the stipulations are so stringent you know, we've had to test soil before we replace it before. Um, you know, people don't understand that you you can't pour $4,000 into digging a pit for one obstacle. And that's just the pit, you know, um, yep. when you when you have a smaller race. You, you can if you're, you know, the bigger guys. But um, we're, we're getting to that. We're getting there. But we do have a lot of opportunities to be able to create man-made and um natural obstacles there that are just going to be awesome lots of water slides you've got burnt corn creek and murder creek that come together um it's in three different cities three different city parks so you have um o'bannon park which is more like a sports complex and um then you have eo wilson eo wilson and that is a nature park um they have uh carnivorous plants and a lot of uh, very rare plants there but then you know they also just have this beautifully wooded park with the pond and um so it's very untouched area and um then the last park is very much your groomed park you know deaf mm-hmm. flowers and baskets very groomed where you have the family pictures made kind of thing so we won't be digging there but <laughs> um you know so you'll get to see all three different parks and you'll get a taste of all the different terrain and the surroundings there and um you know I'll come back to come back to the EOL um O'Bannon Park and have a big festival area and uh, the city there is just 
so supportive and behind us 100%. A lot of the businesses have reached out to us. You know, that's a five-hour drive for from me. Um, I know Georgia and Alabama are right beside each other, but they are here in Alabama and I am here in Georgia. So, you know, I'm at the very top of, I'm at the Tennessee state line. They're at the Florida state line. So, um, but, but they've reached out to us and wanted to know how they could help, how they could get behind this. And, um, you know, they, they want to put a team of 30, 40 uh, employees in it and, and pay for them to run. And it's just the excitement surrounding that event is huge. Um, you know, and, and it's going to be called the Murder Creek Mud Run because it's hosted by the city, but it will be a Phoenix race. We will um, have Phoenix merchandise. It's yeah. built by Phoenix, um, built by Jason and I. So, um, but yeah, that one, that one's exciting. And see, what do we have next is our biggie. Our big event is September 18th. It is the Phoenix City Mud Run. And um, that one, we, this will be our third or fourth year, fourth year, I think. Yeah. Third or fourth. Anyway, building that course. And, um, year before last we had 1500 and last year in the midst of COVID, we still managed to pull 860 people. So, um, you know, we're really looking at a good crowd for that. Hoping to have a couple thousand there. It's, um, in Chattanooga, it's at Greenway Farms, which is a city park, um, situated along a, a beautiful, little <clears throat> creek there and backs up into the Chickamauga Dam. So, um, you know, lots of opportunities to get wet, lots of opportunities to have some elevation. It has a rock quarry in it as well. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of our flagship event because it's, it's our baby. It's where we started. And it's also the, the biggest one, um, where we have the biggest obstacle budget <laughs> we have, you know, so, so hopefully we'll have several new things there. Um, I'm really looking forward to that one, to the Chattanooga one. That one sounds uh, fun. Yeah, you should just get on a plane. You know, is that simple? I, I need to. Um, I need to. That's kind of the, the one thing that there's so much this year that I want to do, but it's kind of like COVID pushed everything back a year, so it's like everything I'm catching up from last year. Yes. And then, but I'm hearing about all these events, and I'm kind of like, I kind of want to go do that one. But you know, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make some decisions there on some of those events. I may have to. Because I want to go to the South. I mean, there's a few things. Um, we're supposed to go down to Texas in, I think, November or something, because we actually we want to look. Um, uh, some people, a lot of people don't know this yet. Some do, some don't. Um, we're talking about in the next year or so, or two, moving to Texas. So Wow. We want to go South. So uh, Texas or Florida was kind of the areas we were looking in. But with what I do for a living, I'm a safety guy. I can go either way. So, you That's know, right. everybody's looking for the safety guy. But Yeah. Totally. Kinda, we just... We're tired of the weather. We're tired of the taxes. We're tired of everything else up here. We went out. Plus, come see, come see North Georgia. <laughs> so you guys got better races down there. We get like we the, the big guys that hit up here. We get it. I mean, the, not, not to sound it. We do have some really good small events up here, but I talked to you guys and, you know, there's a couple other ones that I've talked to and I'm like, I want to go do these, but I'm like, it's a five hour plane ride, you know? So, yeah. But I can't say much. I drive five hours to go to, you know, uh, some events down in, in, in Oregon that are amazing. So I've just got to, you know, get that, you know, be able to get out there. So, well, you get out here and we've got a place to stay. So <laughs> that's the good, it's the good thing about the race being local in Chattanooga is anybody and everybody is welcome to indoor camp at our training center. And so we've got a 
14,000 square foot training center. It's called Our House Studios. And it has an OCR room, a training camp room, a yoga room, a fight club room, um, free weight room, recovery room, and we have showers. So, you know, anytime the race is within an hour's drive of the gym, we open the gym up for folks to spend the night so that they, you know, and you'll have people hanging hammocks from the monkey bars. You'll have blow up mattresses. You got the snorers in the yoga room with the door shut. <laughs> and then you've got people that just throw the, you know, cause of course our, our floors are padded in the OCR room. So they'll just throw a sleeping bag down and, and go to sleep. And, you know, but you've got a shower there. You've got a microwave, you've got everything you need to indoor camp and it's free. Um, and you know, there's tons of fellowship. We have packet pickup there on Friday night, so you can meet everybody and, and hang out and, uh, play on the obstacles and, and, you know, do whatever you want to do there. And it's, uh, it, I think it helps a lot to have a free place for people to stay because by the time with, with gas going, prices going up by the time you get here, whether you fly or drive and, you know, our race is on the cheaper end um but still you know a lot of people right now can't do a five six hundred dollar weekend so we try to make it um as inexpensive as possible so that that option is always available um for people to to indoor camp which is good because that is one of the things that you know I, i hear a lot from people is i mean you know a lot of people don't really think how much covid and everything and things being shut down have affected a lot of people um, being able to afford to do some of the stuff that we did before this. Um, yes. I got lucky in, in my family where we, me and my wife were able to work for the whole thing. So we never really had that kind of slowdown on, on income. We actually really had slowdown on spending. Well, kind of, we bought a house in the middle of all this, but you know, oh, gosh. yeah, yeah. We bought a house and actually really, I just yesterday put in a new stove and a couple other things. So yeah, that was expensive. So and- and everything, you know, we're feeling it majorly with the lumber prices. Yep. I mean, those are beating us up. Freight prices on our metals, our shirts, everything is just sky high. And our insurance has quadrupled since COVID. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't think about that. I'll have friends or, um, you know, folks that are like, hey, you know, why don't you hook me and so-and-so up with a race code? And while I love to be able to do that when I can, you know, at the same time, there's races that I've hosted that I've had $40 cost in the race, in each racer, because I've got, you know, a massive metal, you know, these, these bad boys work cheap to get shipped because yeah. <laughs> they're heavy. Um, you know, we've got the metal, we've got the t-shirts and, and we always, um, that's one thing about any race you run that I have directed is the metal and the t-shirt are always going to be top-notch badass. Gotta have it. Um, yeah. you know, bling. Um, that's just, that's the, that's the way I like to roll. So, and I always design all of our things myself, um, because I have a graphics design background and that's what I love to do. And, Sometimes it causes a huge fight between Jason and myself because I design it and I fall in love with it and I send it to him and he's like, I don't like that at all. So we got to start over, but <laughs> we always seem to meet in the middle at some point. But, um, you know, yeah, you, you can end up with by the time you pay that insurance fee, you can, and if you have low turnout, it can gouge you pretty bad. But, um, yeah. yeah, you know, a lot of people don't think about that. 
No, they don't. They don't think about it at all. They're like, what's it to you? If you, you know, well, here's what's it to me. You know, (laughs) it's costing me 40 bucks or, you know, this, I think this, the lowest I've ever had was around, around 30. But, you know, we always, we're a very adaptive friendly event. Um, so when someone is an adaptive athlete and cannot afford their race, we will never turn them down ever. Um, we will always allow them to race for free. Um, you know, and if there's a, a hardship, you know, I'll always provide a way for somebody to race. Always. We have all kinds of volunteer opportunities. We have the OCR strong project, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's, there's always a way for somebody to get on the course, but is what makes a, 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 your guys' kind of stuff amazing. I mean, and that's what I love. I mean, I've always loved the small events where, you know, I'm not usually one like if if someone's giving me a free race, I want to make sure I, I I got it for a reason. You know, it's not just like, hey, you know me. Why don't you give me a free code? It's like, yeah. no, I mean, it's one of those that, you know, I mean, I've done it to people where I've given free codes that I've earned other ways because it's like I have it. I'm not, you know, it's no big nothing to me but i want them to race with me and that's my way of getting them to come with me but you know to, to just go to someone and say hey you know it's like mm, and, you know and there's been a couple times you know i I've, I've gotten some free ones occasionally just because but it's just it feels better to earn it yeah you know, it's like yeah how about this i'll do this for you you know for a race you know i'll come volunteer for you and help you and then you can you know but just to say oh yeah hey just give me a race because you know whatever and I, you know, I definitely feel like I'm on the, a little bit more on the lenient side of things. And I, volunteers are so important. It could not happen without volunteers. Like Saturday, we had a lady drive up from Atlanta, which is two hours away. She drove up, she volunteered. That's all she did. She didn't race. She just drove up and volunteered. And she said, Hey, you know, I'm here for you, but I got to cut out at 11. Cool. I'm so thrilled you're here. Well, the four-wheeler got stuck in the massive mud trying to go get her. And she ended up having to walk from the very back of the venue to the festival area because we have had everything stuck because the mud had gotten so bad with people going through it that I could not get a vehicle back there. And, um, you know, I felt horrible. And immediately, you know, I I messaged her and, and said, if you're still here, come find me. If you're not, here's two free codes, you know, come back and race for free twice. You know, that she volunteered for, and didn't even, she didn't even ask for a race code, but the fact that that happened to her, I was like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is terrible. You know, I never want somebody to get in the car and drive out of the venue, not happy. You know, that's the, and that's my two biggest goals are, to have everyone have a good time, leave happy with no injuries, and to make an economic impact on the community. Those are my two goals. Um, as a race director, you know, as an OCR athlete, my goal is to draw people to the sport. But, um, you know, and our next, um, before I forget to talk about the other two, <laughs> hmm. our other two um, events are October 23rd in Meridian, Mississippi. Uh, we're back down there to the Bonita Lakes, 3,300 acres um, surrounding a beautiful lake. We've got miles and miles and miles and miles of wonderful uh, area to use. And I think, I can't say for sure, um, but I think we're going to have two lengths of course 
at this event. Um, that's what we're tossing around. So I think we're going to have, um, you know, our, our, well, Mississippi has never been a short course. It's always been a five to seven mile course, but mm-hmm. I think we're going to take that down and do like a, a three to four mile course and then probably a nine to 12 mile course. So we'll mm-hmm. have, yeah, we'll have our, um, we'll have a, a shorter distance and then kind of a, a hoorah big, I, I, I try to govern Jason a lot on um, his obstacles because he likes to make obstacles that are too hard for him. And he's yet to do that. So he likes to keep upping the ante. Uh, He wants to make them harder and harder each time. And, you know, I have to keep reminding him that while, yes, we love our competitive athletes, we still we can't have 20 obstacles that I can't complete or that your average Joe can't complete Um, because that is the bulk of your racers. They're, they're open heat athletes. So, um, you know, we're working on a couple of ideas there. We're working on thinking about maybe a competitive lane and an open heat lane, a couple of each side by side so that, you know, where we've got where our race is known for the peg wall. Well, there's not a lot of people that can do that peg wall. There's not, we only had 15 competitors complete it. So, it's a difficult peg wall, um, yeah. you know, so, and, and I don't mind a couple of those hard things, but if we get seven, eight of those, we're going to have to have a way for open heats to be able to complete more obstacles. But on this one, I'm just going to let him go. He can let, he can do whatever he wants to do. And if somebody, you know, if somebody's willing to sign that death waiver to take on that course, go for it. I, I have Yep. Don't, don't be mad at me. I told you Jason Fye built it. There's a reason his hashtag is Oh fight. <laughs> so, um, and then our final event of the year, which I'm super stoked about is a partnership with Berserker Brew Coffee Company on November the 13th in Simpsonville, Kentucky. And, um, I, I don't know if Bland has ever been on your show or not, but, um, Bland is a exceptional leader, motivator, and mentor to me in business and, um, loves OCR, loves the sport. He's always, I mean, I, I'm not sure he doesn't inject that coffee into his veins because he's always just so high energy, but, um, you know, I, I feed off that he feeds off my ideas and, and we're, we get along pretty well. So, um, you know, we, we decided to put this partnership together and, and have an event in Kentucky because Kentucky is one of those States that does not have a lot of events. So, um, you know, he's, it's between Louisville and Lexington. So there's a good crowd of OCR in each. And, um, we feel like we can draw those out and, and uh, maybe draw some of our Ohio folks down. We've got a lot of Ohio followers up there, Pennsylvania. So that one's going to be a fun one too. It's just, uh, you know, I want to go to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody so needs boy. to. So it sounds like, yeah, sounds like you got some good stuff coming down. And I don't know if we have had him on the show. If not, I'm going to have to talk to, to Don and uh, get him on that. So. Oh yeah. He's a mess. I mean, a hot mess. Love his product. Love his attitude everything about him is just fine. Um, and one thing, you know, I'm really excited that we are, we have these two Phoenix races, but they're, 
One's called the Berserker Battle, which is the one with um, in November in Kentucky, and then the Murder Creek Mud Run. The reason I'm excited about those names being different outside of the Phoenix is because you're not going to get your standard Phoenix medal and finisher shirt. So yeah. if you've already ran a Phoenix race, it's going to mix it up and be different. Um, I'm really big on that. Like our awards will always be different because we've already had one woman win two awards. Well, she didn't want to take home the exact same awards each time. So we try to mix them up. We try to do st- different type stuff. Um, I like them to, to be different from what everybody else and their brother brother does. So, um, you know, we, we just trying to be out there being innovative and a little bit different. But at the same time, we support all local races and uh, love to see local races pop up. And, you know, we I've gotten to know a lot of uh, other local race directors and owners through the OCR Strong Project. And that we've helped each other. We've been able to bounce ideas off each other and say, Hey, if you want to put some flyers in my race bag and um, this weekend, for example, I'm going to the barbarian and there they said, yeah, set up a tent, talk about Phoenix race, talk about OCR strong. Absolutely. You know, and that means the world to a race director up and coming or has a small local event, because if we can market our product to, you know, those racers and, and vice versa. And I've said this before, probably on the podcast, if you're a beer drinker, you know what beer you like. Mm-hmm. But if you're an OCR racer, unless you're just stuck on the, you know, the spear throw and Kool-Aid, you'll run them all. You know, we're not competition to each other. We are, you know, we're, we're kind of a band of brothers here getting together. Yep. I'm like the odd girl out, but you know, <laughs> we're, uh, kind of just everybody trying to trying to fend for their, each other and make it and promote each other's events and that kind of thing. And I, you know, I love that part of it. I really do. I do too. That's one thing that I've always liked about the OCR community is you do. I mean, every once in a while you had like the, the, there was the two main brands for a long time that were always commenting and driving back and forth at each other, which is funny because now they're both owned by the same company. Yes. But, you know, and, but besides that, it was pretty much, we all just wanted to race. Yeah. I didn't care what name was on the, the, the side of the, you know, the, the race. I just wanted to race and I wanted to challenge, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I really like a lot of these smaller OCRs because there's some weird challenges I've never even thought of. You know, I did yeah. one last month where it was, they, they stacked up hay bales 15 feet up in the air and you had to climb up a rope up and over the, this wall of hay bales, this tower yeah. of hay bale. You know, another <laughs> one where, we had to stack the hay. That was part of one of the challenges. You know, you, you had to match the, the stack next to you, you know, and it was just it was something different where, you know, when you keep doing the same brand, you know, after a while, you're like, I did this last weekend just in a different place, you know, and that's, that's what, why I like these little ones. That's one thing Jason is phenomenal at is coming up with different challenges and staying within budget. You know, we had mm-hmm. um, our last race in Crandall, uh, Mount Fike was new and Mount Fike is, um, think a really steep slip wall, mm-hmm. like too steep to run up it really. Um, but it has a vertical peg. So you're using the pegs yeah. to climb up it, but you've got your feet on something. Yeah. So you're, you're going up the wall, kind of like a hiker. You know, I imagine the, the little guy with the pickaxe going up the, yep. the side of the mountain um you know and that's that's kind of um what it looks like when you're doing it so that was a great one that we've had tons and tons of people have just loved it and then um 
this past weekend, we had the full house, which is not a new obstacle. It was a new obstacle um, compilation. So we've always had triple sevens, which are seven foot walls, three foot apart. So Mm -hmm. there's no running. You're just going for it. You know, you got a seven, seven, seven. Um, But then he put, so you had seven, seven, seven. And then right behind that, you had two slip walls for aces. So you had a full house. Um, and then uh, the three pointer was kicked a lot of people's butt. Super simple, but the best ones. yeah, we, uh, we ordered bouncy med balls. So they look like a basketball. They bounce mm-hmm. like a basketball, but we had 15 and 20 pounders. I think it was, and you had a 15 foot distance and you had to land it in the hoop. Now, granted, the hoop was the inside of a tire size, so it was big, but you had to land it in the hoop and you don't think about launching for women 15 pounds that far. And it's not something you practice because it doesn't matter if you're a basketball star or not, you know. You're not shooting a 20 pounder. So, um, and it bounced and the ball, you know, the ball had to stay in the hoop. So that was an interesting one. And I think it was obstacle number three for us. And the peg wall was number four. So we kind of weeded out the the competitive heats pretty quick and and took a lot of bands in the first couple ops, first four obstacles. So, um, you know, we, we have that one, we have dig deep, dig deep as a slam ball obstacle where you've got to toss it up and over a beam twice. And, you know, there again, in Mississippi, it was the first, the first time we did it in Mississippi, a, a very well-known pro athlete was running it, could not get it over it, could not figure out how to get it over it. It, a lot of our obstacles are technique. If you, you've really got to think about the technique of it and that's how he designs it. Um, the rig, the very same way. You know, the rig is always different. Um, This time it was a rolling four inch rolling pipe to um, 10 foot of that to 30 feet of rings, followed by 18 feet of low crawl cargo net. So you're under it on a low rig. So, you know, it's and you got to think about it. You got to think about how you're going to do this and where you oh, there was some ropes mixed in with the rings, too. So, you know, if you're going to try to grip strength all the way through it you're not going to make it you've got 50 feet you know so um yeah um can you tell i'm really thrilled about the way he he puts a lot into this design of the course and thought process i love that which like i said that's one of the things for me is it's one of those that like i said i i mean i did you know a race an entire weekend with a 20 pound rock just to make it a little different yeah you know, just to, to make it different. Cause I've done all, all those obstacles before. Let's see if I can do it with 20 pounds on my back, you know, and that's kind of one of those things that, you know, I'm hitting that point. I think, especially, you know, now that I'm in my fitness journey where I'm like, okay, I know I can do all this. What's next. What's the next challenge challenge me. And yes. a lot of these, you know, that I've been doing for years, they don't challenge me anymore. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting bored with this. What, what's, where's the next challenge. And that's yes. why, you know, I really look at a lot of these, these small events because they come up with things I never would have thought of. And it's just stupid things that, you know, like you said, the simplest thing, and it just totally messes with your brain, mm-hmm. you know, and those are my favorites. I, I love puzzles. So I love having to put things together and, and do things in my brain and everything else. So my you would like our- I'll buy something, spend 40 bucks on this cool puzzle. And I'm like, this is going to be great. And I get home and 10 minutes later, I'm like, yeah, okay, I figured it out. 
<laughs> you would have enjoyed our endo challenge that we did last year. We will probably bring it back um, because it was wildly successful. It's just that now that it's just the two of us, you know, we, we're we're kind of having to pare it down to what you know we're focusing on right now until we can afford to have uh, a full big staff. Um, we've got several part timers, but. Um, you know, right now we've got to focus on our race courses, but the endo challenge um, was very methodical. Um, Mm -hmm. You were on a team and you were giving, given a set of um, a set of gear, if you will. And you had to, you had specific instructions for eight different missions that you had to do. And um, one of the missions that was a pond, um, on the property and it had this old rickety bridge that wasn't wasn't four inches wide it was tiny so we gave them a rope a 30-foot rope and said their entire team had to go over pond water while holding the rope so here they all line up trying to cross this rickety little four-inch bridge together holding this rope when in their backpack they had a Tupperware container. All they had to do was scoop pond water out, set it on the ground and step over it. That's all they had to do. One team figured that out. That was it. You know, so there were a lot, it was kind of OCR meets escape room type thing. Um, Lots of, lots of things like that, that made it a lot simpler if you just really thought it through or worked as a team. So, um, you know, and I love those kind of events. I love stuff like that with a group Especially if you had the right group where you're all thinking together because you kind of want a group that, you know, not everybody can do the same thing. Right. So where everyone thinks differently and stuff like that. And I've done a couple of escape rooms and I love escape rooms. It's just getting the right people to to do it with their blast. So I love things that make you think outside the box, you know, where you're using your brain and you, you watch people occasionally like something like that where people are trying to, you know, muscle their way through it and not like stepping back for a second going, wait a minute, there's a really simple answer to this, you know. Because they read, they're, they're too literal. Yes, yes. In a lot of things. So Yes. And um, you had to get your entire team from one end of the rig to the other end of the rig without your feet touching the grass. Nobody's feet could touch the grass. Well, their backpack had a tarp in it. All they had to do was lay the tarp down and walk. But they all were, you should have seen them. They're trying to go over the top of it. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, you know, that, that was a lot of fun. So I, and... You know, I'm just, of course, I'm on a high coming off of this weekend's event, but there are just so many possibilities in the future coming up that um, opportunities that we've been blessed with that we are busting at the seams to be able to host them. We've just got to, um, you know, kind of make sure our ground level operations are are all smooth and, um, you know, figure out which sponsors that we're going to take on because, you know, of course, they're all lining up at the door. We're going to figure out which sponsors we're going to aggravate till they sponsor us. Um, yep. No, you know, it, it's just, we just got to get our feet a little more wet. I, I don't want to, uh, to be the Starbucks that pops up on every single corner and oversaturates the market and have to, to back it down. So I want to grow, but I want to grow a little slower than, um, you know, what I originally had intended. So this is what we're going to do. Well, sometimes it's good that way because sometimes you see companies that that grow so fast that their product becomes something that it wasn't supposed to be. It's not they they water down their product to be able to grow fast. So where, you know, I see with you guys, you're you're all about the product. So 
I could see that being a, being an issue if you grew too fast. If all of a sudden, it, if someone came to you and said, you can be in all 50 states next week, but you have to completely water down your product, I could see you being going, no. no. And that's not going to be the way it works. If we, I had to have the exact same course in all 50 states, you could forget it. <laughs> yep. I want it to be different. You know, otherwise, why would somebody race more than one of my events? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, the metal's cool, but once you got it, you got it. <laughs> you know, so I, I want them to know that when they come to a, an event, they're going to see something different. They're going to see a total different terrain, different obstacles, different setup of the, the rig. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a different experience at each one. And I want them to keep coming back because they like the way that we host and run our events, too. Um, it's funny. A, a friend online had said, hey, I think I'm going to get to come. How will I know? How will I find you? Like, how will I know it's you? I'm like, oh, <laughs> you ain't going to miss me. I am going to be all up in that festival area. And I'm the one with the big mouth. Okay. <laughs> there is nobody. I don't, I don't think there's anybody that's ever came to my, one of our events that could say, I never saw the racetrack because I'm everywhere. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to know, hey, are you having fun? What did you like? What did you not like? Thank you for coming. We appreciate your support um, because I feel like that's so important to let them know personally that we appreciate their 60 bucks you know they spent that money to come race with us and um you know if if they felt like they didn't get their money's worth i want to know why what do i need to improve Mm um kind of thing so i'm very very hands-on and and so is jason um even though he's not as talkative or peopley as i am um he's always there always in the festival he always likes to hear from the finishers what did you think of the course you know and he he takes their feedback extremely serious um you know he wants to know like in crandall somebody told him hey those sandbags and sleds were super light he was like all right so he doubled the weight this time and made a half mile of, excuse me, it was a quarter mile sandbag loop, but men had to carry two instead of one. So that was a, a intense sandbag carry to say the least. <laughs> well, and that's it. I mean, it's one of those things you don't, unless people, you talk to people and really understand what they want or, you know, what's, what they didn't enjoy. You don't know how to fix it. Right. Absolutely. You know, and it's one of those things I always tell everyone. If you can't, if you don't tell me what I did wrong, you can't be mad at me for continuing to do it. Exactly, And that's kind of that thing is if you're there listening to them and it's like, Hey, and then they see those changes. They're like, Oh my gosh, she, she listened to me. Yeah. And that's, that's that's what's amazing about that. You know, it's like you go to a a race and you get a, your finisher shirt and you get a medium because that's what you normally wear and it fits your kid and you complain about it. You go to the next race. Guess what? Same same thing, you know, and it seems like those shirts kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And yeah. I know the complaints were heard. They were all over the internet, but at the same time, you know, it, there, there wasn't a whole lot of changes going on, but um, you know, I don't ever want to be that, that race director. I, I want to be evolving with feedback and, and criticism and, you know, all of it. Yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, I'm glad to, to, to hear that. I, I like to hear that from a race director that they want to be, you know, to be the best for everybody. So, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I want to be the race director for the racer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is amazing. So I, I definitely need to get out there for for one of yours soon. Well, I got a place for you to stay. You just let me know. All right. I will. So, 
So we should, before we, 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 we get off here, we should, we should definitely mention OCR strong. So I know we, we've mentioned it before on the podcast, but kind of let everyone know what OCR strong is. And, you know, I know you're a part of it, you know, we here at BeastNet are a big part of it too. So, I mean, let everyone kind of know what is OCR strong and what are we trying to do? Absolutely. So OCR strong is centered around this shirt. You see it? Yeah. I had that. Oh yeah. So it's centered around this shirt. It was a, a design that um, I created for Russ at OCR Buddy. And um, it, it was just supposed to be a social media graphic. And several people said, oh, that'd be a cool shirt. And, uh, you know, neither of us are in the shirt selling business. So we kind of brainstormed ideas. It was in the midst of COVID. Um and come up with a fundraiser where we had um, partner sponsors, which are all on the back here. You can see Mm -hmm. we had partner sponsors that all pitched in and we ordered shirts and um, those, those sponsors are printed on the back. The shirts are for sale at OCR-strong.com. They're $25. That includes your shipping. And the um, that $25 goes towards buying races, discounted races from our race brand partners and scholarshiping athletes. So, um, you know, I think the biggest thing coming out of COVID is that a lot of people are still feeling the financial burden of it. They want to race, but they financially are not capable. Um, so we have a scholarship program and they can at that same, uh, OCR-strong.com, that same website, apply for those scholarships. So every time you purchase, you spend that $25, not only are you getting a freaking awesome shirt that shows your support for the OCR community, um, but you're also helping to spread the word and advertise all of our partner companies and you're putting racers back on the course. So it's a full serve full circle project, you know, starting, starting with, um, the design to the partner, to the end user consumer of the shirt and back to the racer. And ultimately it helps the race brand because we're, you know, even though we, um, have a negotiated discount rate, it doesn't matter. I would rather have a hundred racers at 20% off than zero racers. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's a great project. Um, Russ and I both are, are um, pushing it and, and behind it. We're just both really busy. So it's kind of hard for us to really get the word out, but, uh, and Chris real, I should mention too, is one of our partners from, uh, from mud racer. So we're just really excited about the project. Um, looking forward to, I've got a couple hundred shirts in my office. So you guys shoot on over to OCR-strong.com and order your shirt up. So we can help scholarship some more races. I think um, the Epic Series still has events going on this year. Um, and that's out on West Coast. Um, and I know that, uh, let's see, pretty sure Frontline has a couple more events. And um, I know we do, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're looking forward to getting getting racers back on the course, just, just getting everything going one community at a time, just like the shirt says. Oh yeah. I mean, that's it. It's like we said earlier, we, we, as an OCR community, we want everybody to, to succeed. That's right. Cause as long as there's, as long as we keep everyone going, there's a community of OCR racers that, that are hungry for more, you know, once the, you start letting some of the local ones, you know, go by the wayside, which unfortunately COVID helped that happen, unfortunately. Um, 
you get less of a community because it's like, if I don't have OCRs to go to, and that's one of the big problems I have up here on the West coast where we are, there's only a couple, you know, really throughout the year. And you just, you stop really kind of lose, you lose interest. Right. You start going to do other things. Cause well, Oh, you know, Oh great. You know, the one big guy is going to be here and you know, later this year and yay. But other than that, we, we've lost a lot of the local ones that I'm hoping some of them will come back. And what, you know, if there are any other race owners or race directors out there that are just holding on by a string, reach out. You know, I'm always willing to help in any way I can, whether I have extra medals or you need to borrow obstacles or you need ideas on marketing. I'm more than happy to help with that. I'm obviously not a professional uh, race director just yet. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is my profession, but <laughs> I won't call myself an expert. Um, but I do come from a long line of um, operations, logistics and graphics and marketing. And, um, you know, I want to see I want to see all these brands grow. I really do want to see everybody um, succeeding in, as a whole, as a sport. Um, you know, everybody from the the guy in North Carolina that shot me a Facebook message that said, hey, I think I want to start my own race. Will you help me to Joe at Spartan HQ? You know, I want to see us all flourish and because it, each each thing leads to another. Yeah, so. it does. It does. Without without the, the little ones, the big ones aren't going to make it either because, you know, the interest goes away and we got we need those smaller ones to keep that interest alive. So. Yep, that's right. That's right. A lot of people aren't going to get on an airplane go to their first Spartan race. A lot of people aren't going to drive four or five hours to go to their first Spartan race. Um, you know, so when we have these local little, little more local events that are a couple hours away and are, you can, you know, you can get a shirt, metal, finish your beer for 60 bucks, you know, that's worth it. They're going to go try that. And then they fall in love with it. And uh, next thing you know, they're buying plane tickets to go to New Jersey for an ultra. Yeah. yeah and that's how it is i mean i started mine with uh what was it the rock what was it the one that the the what's his name from american gladiator oh the gladiator actually was the gladiator the rock and run gladiator race or whatever back in like 2011 yeah was the first one i ever did and it was a small little one here you know and they did they never i think they were only here for two years and then they never came back and i think covid might have taken them out but um but there was just a small little one. And then all of a sudden I did like, you know, warrior and I did survivor and I did all these other little ones and hell race, which isn't even around anymore. And a couple other ones. And then it was like, Oh, these are all fun. Maybe I'll try the Spartan. But I didn't, you know, I didn't move my way up to that big one until I tried a bunch of the little ones local. And like I said, if you don't have the local, you're never going to get that start. Right. You know, you never get people moving, you know, it's, it's kind of like, baseball i mean you're not going to start playing in the majors unless you start playing in the you know little leagues when you're a kid so you're not going to go for those bigger those bigger races until you've gotten used to those little ones it's funny that you you use that analogy because a huge mentor uh and friend of mine cressa from shower toga we sat down um you know as i was brainstorming and trying to put all this together and figure out how i was going to do all this and and she said where do you see yourself i said what do you mean she said where do you see phoenix in the mix I said the mix of, and she was like, well, the grand scheming thing, Spartan, you know. I said, well, we're the minor leagues mm-hmm. for now. <laughs> for now, yeah. <laughs> we're the minor leagues. So, um, yeah, 100%. You know, like you said, for now, because, I mean, everyone always forgets that for a long time there was, you know, the American League and the National League, they were two separate leagues until they joined and, you know, became a big league. So, you know, you might be minor league now, but, you know. 
Who knows? No, I tell you what, it's the hardest time in the world to start something, to start a company, especially a company that uses a lot of lumber <laughs> and yeah. expendable income that people don't have. But I am one freaking determined woman and I will absolutely push until I have nothing left in me. Well, we'll, we'll help you be able to push that and keep going as long as we can. So thank you. You're welcome. All right. So uh, we probably should wrap it up here. Um, Thank you. Um, I definitely need to get down there for a race. Yes. Um, we'll make sure when we, we post this that we put links to all your races coming up. Cause I mean, they sound amazing. Like I said, it's one of those things for me. I I'm, you get tired of the cookie cutter and, yeah. and I like the difference of some of these other races. And that's one of the big things I think that's been a, a big saying of mine for like the last year where I've really noticed it during COVID. Now that I've lost the weight and really thinking about it. And I'm like, I go and do these races and it's the same race I did last weekend, just in a different spot, Yeah, you know, and that's why I, I really like, you know, I've gone to a couple local races recently and I'm like, this is so much fun. I mean, I, I went to a race where we had to do, use a lasso. I realized I suck with a lasso, but it was fun. You know, yeah. it was something different. Absolutely. So, you know, and it, it, it's something that, you know, like you said, a lot of yours were, you know, a lot of the ones that you see, it's either hanging, upper body strength, or running. But there's not a lot of the mental where there used to be in some of these. There used to be, you know, things you had to remember, things you had to yeah. do stuff. And there were some mental challenges. And those mental challenges seem to be lost. And that, for me, is what I love mental challenges. Right. You know, mental mixed with the physical, you, you know, you'll have me every time. So, Absolutely. so I definitely got to get down there. So, all right. Well, thank you for talking. Um, thank you. I always enjoy having a conversation with you. No. sorry i'm i'm been on course tear down all day so i'm a hot mess oh that's okay um yeah i was i was in a rush today too i i came home and i actually for one of the other shows i do i had to record another show right before this so it was kind of like and it sounds bad to say but switching personalities because they're two different styles shows so because some people know that i i do stuff as a literally a whole nother personality i go by brandon valentine so, and it's wow. more comedy stuff and a whole nother different, not exercise at all. It was, you know, conspiracy theory stuff. So it's kind of like getting my head out of that and into this. So it's been, you know. That's like going from, from your triathlon crew to your OCR crew, because they are not the same. <laughs> no. And that was it. It was like, you know, I got home from work. I ran upstairs, recorded that real quick, and then ran down here to record this. And my brain's like, eh, you know, trying to turn on a dime, like, yes. you know, yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, like I said, great talking to you. I hope to talk to you again soon. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you down there. I love it. Someday. I'll get down there. <laughs> All right. I appreciate All you right. guys. All right. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Bye. Right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.